You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me, as always, is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Men. And bringing you today's podcast is Wise. Our friends over at Wise have the website wisewyze.com slash locked again that's wyze.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price that's wyze.com slash locked and again they have indoor cameras for all of you i'm gonna be totally honest with you um my my live reads aren't going to be great for you tonight wise but the good news is this is going to be one of the most listened to podcasts of the year so uh, <laughs> It's going to be great for you. Like you're you're going to great you're going to get great publicity. My reads aren't going to be great, but that's okay. We're going to get through this together, and everything's going to be awesome for you. So that's just me being totally honest, laying it out on the line right now as I sit here and record this podcast at one thirty six Eastern. Um, Frank has stayed up till twelve thirty six Central. Um, so I think that speaks to kind of what happened this evening um, as the Milwaukee Bucks end up beating the Philadelphia 76ers 128-122. Frank, explain to the people why you decided to stay up this late and actually record this thing. You know, Eric, I have a, a wonderful family, loving wife, who is a Rockets fan. Uh, caveat that. Uh, beautiful daughter that I care about so much. Great parents, sister, great friends, a job I enjoy. And I have Giannis. And, uh, you know, (laughs) all that, that, that really, uh, tonight, that, that, that last part, um, really kind of capped things off. And, uh, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about how, you know, Giannis really hasn't had sort of like a signature moment for kind of like an MVP campaign in a lot of ways. He's just been so consistent. His floor has been so high. As we talk about the Bucks having a really high floor, Giannis's kind of game-to-game floor has been so high, which isn't surprising of a guy defensively who can do what he do, does. And you know, offensively, just you know, night after night, he scores efficiently. Um, and this really was probably this game in Philadelphia was you know probably the last game of the season that was going to really draw national attention for Giannis and the Bucks and. Uh, I mean, if, if that wasn't a statement game, I, I don't know what is. Um, Giannis dropping 45, 13, six assists, five blocks in a come-from-behind win over the Sixers in Philly to lock up the best record in basketball, make it official. We've been expecting to have that locked up sooner rather than later. And to do it in such a spectacular fashion uh, in a game that, that the Bucks just felt like they were not going to get over the hump. And um, for 
you know, we, we've seen Giannis put up some monster games, including against these Sixers, and and not always come away with wins. So to see him deliver a statement game like this against a team that you know just beat you at home a couple weeks ago, a team that has designs of coming out of the East themselves, and to do it in um, in in a, just a performance that uh, you know I think whatever happens from here on out, I don't think we'll ever forget what we saw tonight. I, I, you know, I think the, the, the opponent, the, the MVP buzz coming in here into the last week and the circumstances of locking down the number one seed. Um, this was, a you know, an all timer for Giannis and, uh, as Bucks fans, you know, I think it, it was great in the moment and it just, I think brings together like a lot of excitement and great feelings that I think, you know, we've been building towards for a really long time, you know, obviously, pretty much all of us have been through a lot <laughs> waiting for this team to get to a level like they have this season and waiting to, for to see a player like Giannis and um, you know what a you know it's a regular season game you know they were going to clinch the one seed overall anyway most likely this weekend so it's not like you know it was game seven but as far as regular season performances go this one was a blast and um, you know I I'm, I could not be happier to be talking to you at, at 1240 central time. It was just a ridiculous performance. There's there's no other way to put it. And, you know, I think as we've kind of like gone through this season and, you know, we've seen we've seen teams get more and more creative. Like they, they've kind of understood like, oh, OK, Giannis is that good now. Like he's so good that like not only do we have to scheme for him, like we have to cook up special schemes for him. Like we have to find some certain way to try to bother him. And it's like, okay, you know, uh, you know, you see some zone, you see teams go, uh, you know, small ball lineups, you, you, te- you see teams switch a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, you see them try all these things and it, you know, the thing that it feels like, I don't want to say we've seen the most because it's probably right up there with zone, but you know, the thing that we've, we've kind of seen the most is, Giannis getting covered by somebody center and you know you knew there was going to be a whole bunch of it uh, because obviously the last time these two teams played they played Embiid on Giannis a whole lot and you know coming into this game uh, you knew Giannis was was going to be prepared for that Um, while we're here just a little teaser for you you're gonna want to read what I have to write at the athletic tomorrow (laughs) because Today, the today. quote that Giannis gave me. Oh, I guess, I guess yeah, today, Friday. Um, the quote that Giannis gave me at shoot around on Thursday morning. Um, I don't know if it's an all timer, but it's it's up there, uh, and and it speaks to this exact idea that you know he he knows that teams are going to try stuff like this. Like we we've talked about him playing Rudy Gobert off the floor and. You know, that possibly being that could have been his MVP moment, right? Like that could have been the the time where it was like, all right, that's it. Like stamp it, MVP, former defensive player of the year, not even the same position technically as Giannis, and he just played the dude off the floor. And then the Bucks didn't win that game. And tonight it just felt like um, you know, going into it, it, it felt like one of those games where you know, Giannis just wasn't going to lose it. And all of a sudden, you know, 
was it 9.45 left. Uh, Giannis re-enters the game, and they're down three. And as soon as he enters the game, I think Embiid hits a jumper, puts him up, uh, go up five maybe or something like that. And, you know, you're just thinking throughout all of this, like, man, it feels like this is going to be Giannis's night, but the Sixers just won't stop hitting threes. Like every single three just seems like it's going in. And obviously they missed some, but it just felt like that was uh, all they're going to do is just hit threes. And uh, at the end of the night, they're 18 of 36 from three. So 50% from the three point line, which is obviously a great number. Um, But you're just thinking like, Man, it feels like this is for Giannis, but the Sixers just don't want to cooperate. Like they just don't want to let it happen. They're going to keep staying alive. They're going to keep hitting threes. And then in the end, uh, I mean, Giannis hits a three. He assists on a bunch. He gets a, a, just a ridiculous block, which is the the thing that you know. If if you're talking about a game being a stamp on an MVP. That's this game. If you're talking about a play being a stamp on an MVP, it is him tossing Joel Embiid's shit into the third row. Like that, that was it right there was just coming from the backside and tossing it out there. And I mean, like that, that audible gasps on press row when, when that one occurred, because it was just like, wait, what did he just do? And you know, that's Giannis, right? Like, that's who he is at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was an interesting game. I mean, I think when you, when you break down, um, you know, the the back and forth, and you, you I mean, you said it, right? It, it felt like the Bucks were just skating uphill all all game. You know, they, they jump out to that lead early. Um, <laughs> Eric Bledsoe ejected three minutes in. Uh, we might as well mention that right off the bat. Um, you know, I think, I think we talked about at one point, like which Bucks player would win like a, like sports decathlon or, or which, which guy had kind of like had the most like fungible athletic skills across like other sports. And I, I think I made, I think I made the case for Bledsoe just because, you know, he's like more of a normal sized person. So he just seems like he could do anything. He could be like, you know, a wide receiver, or a shutdown corner or something in football. And turns out he could also be a terrific dodgeball player. Um, Joel Embiid, after a little pushing back and forth, Joel Embiid throws a ball at him. He catches it and then just like spikes <laughs> off of Joel Embiid's <laughs> chest. Um, and uh, obviously, when when Bledsoe gets kicked out, um, you know, and I guess the argument was, well, he sort of escalated it, and then he threw the ball harder at Embiid than Embiid threw it at him. I guess that was the rationale. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was deserved. Like I, I thought yeah. the elbow was pretty clearly late. Like that was one technical. And then, you know, if you pelt someone with the basketball, <laughs> that's probably going to get you a second one. <laughs> so you lose Bledsoe right off the bat. Um, obviously you're already down Brogdon and, and, uh, and Miritich. The, the Sixers in fairness were missing Jimmy Butler, who was a scratch, I think with, with back injury. Um, and so, you know, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. Um, so it, it was a game where obviously we saw, um, you know, I think the positive, we saw a lot more George Hill and George Hill. Uh, I, I don't want to bury George Hill at like the 50-minute mark of this podcast because George Hill was great tonight. Seven out of 13, 20 points. He's averaging 20 points on 13 shots over the last three games, five rebounds, five assists, and that 7-0 individual run uh 
in the late in the fourth quarter, hit a tough sort of step back three, then ran a couple of pick and rolls with Giannis and ended up scoring twice. Um, interestingly, I don't think he really has a good rhythm with Giannis and pick and roll like the way we've seen you know very little so do but the irony was um the Sixers seemed so concerned with sort of making sure that they didn't leave Giannis on the roll that um it gave Hill a couple of very good looks that you know thankfully he he was able to convert and um and from there on out you know the Bucks finally got some stops that Giannis block on Embiid um shortly thereafter I think Lopez deflected a pass that Giannis then picks up and throws a great pass ahead for I think it was Hill right for the layup um and uh you know I it was interesting I mean Giannis I think he had five of his six assists in the fourth quarter tonight uh, 11 points I think 11 points like five or six rebounds five assists yep. um and that huge block late so um you know I, just just a great performance from Giannis and and obviously on a night where you're missing blood so Middleton had like a pretty good start I think he had 11 points in the first quarter and then didn't really play much in the second quarter I think we were all wondering, you know, is he, did he re-aggravate the groin injury? Like what's kind of going on? Um, and then he came back out to start the third and missed a couple of bankers. And it just kind of like, didn't seem like, you know, kind of, it was his night. Um, but, you know, on a night where it seemed like, man, Giannis was getting no help. You know, there, there were a few plays that were really huge, especially early in that fourth quarter. And one of them was Middleton getting a three point play. I think it was while Giannis was resting early in the fourth quarter. And it was yeah. kind of like, okay, you know, sort of a cathartic sort of thing there. Because I think the Sixers led by seven and nine points at, at, at a few different occasions. And it kind of felt like, you know, all right, Bucks, like if you're just not going to make any shots and you're just going to rely on Giannis to do everything, I mean, I, I don't think Giannis can score 80 points, you know. So it was it was <laughs> frustrating to watch, and especially the way the Sixers were hitting threes. Um, but Middleton getting that, and then he hit a three a, a little while later. He ends up with 22 points on 18 shots, four assists, couple of steals plus 10 did have five turnovers obviously is, is not characteristic of him but you know kind of I guess indicative Milton not really at the top of his game still ends up you know giving you um you know not maybe not an definitely not a, a very efficient night but um ended up making plays in that fourth quarter and um you know again you kind of just look you got Hill really kind of coming through um Sterling Brown 12 points on 12 shots you know not an efficient night but when he hit a three, I think it was in the, in the third quarter, I want to say, it was at a time when the Bucks again, it just felt like nobody was hitting shots. Um, and so he he was he was good, had a, a big layup late in transition. Maybe a couple. Did he have a couple layups in the fourth quarter driving to the basket? Um, so Sterling, yeah, too. Yeah, so Sterling, again, I mean, not, not a great night, but, you know, again, just giving you, like, solid minutes. Um, he also took turns defending Simmons, who was – I was shocked at how – like how completely lacking in aggression Simmons was tonight, especially after the whole, you know, big effing baby comment from Giannis in the last game. Uh, I thought he might be motivated to try to do something, but credit to Giannis, credit to the way that the Bucks kind of gang tackled in transition. Um, they, they very clearly decided they were not going to let Simmons and Embiid for that matter, get to the rim. It was a very true to the Bucks kind of core philosophy night in that regard, because you know, they, they only had 28 points in the paint. They scored 26 in mid range, which is a huge number. And obviously you mentioned they hit 18 out of 36. And, you know, again, like if they can't win hitting 50% from three, it's going to be hard for them to win, to win games, obviously. Um, but the flip side as well is, I mean, the bucks were also kind of 
asking them to shoot threes because they were sending a lot of bodies at Embiid, a lot of bodies at Simmons. Um, you know, both those guys that end up with 13 assists. Uh, I don't think Mike Scott's going to hit six out of eight threes every night. Um, I'm shocked that JJ Redick shoots 44% from the field and 39% from three. It seems like he shoots about 80% when he plays the Bucks. He was <laughs> terrific again tonight, 29 points on 15 shots. Like every shot seemed to be on the move. Um, but, you know, credit to the Bucks. I mean, they were, they were, again, they were kind of fighting uphill all game long and weren't shooting well for much of the game. Um, but they took care of the ball very well. Only uh, 11 team turnovers. Um, 91% defensive rebound rate. They were great on the defensive class. And obviously at the end of the day, they had Giannis and, and the Sixers didn't 45 points on 22 shots. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like I, I tweeted it, uh, at one point, but, uh, at the Wells Fargo center, we sit on like, uh, the baseline probably like you know, probably like eight rows up or so and like we're on risers so like you kind of have an angle and it was on the the just ridiculous spin move and one uh like reverse layup oh, finish where, on the same side that, when, that he had spun was that when shake milton just like literally took his one arm away and he just yes. flipped it with his and, right hand instead yeah incredible and, and and still finish it and it was incredible but like the the way that the play unfolded was just just beautiful from where i was sitting because there was a sliver a sliver like that was it like there there was just the tiniest little bit of space and Giannis saw it took advantage of it and as the Sixers were doing most of the night, they just decided, like, screw this. We, we're going to wrap you up and we're going to follow you. And uh, obviously that means Giannis goes to the line a bunch. But on that one, like, he just finished it. And it's just, like, that's so much pressure. Like, in, in the same way that you were talking about how, you know, the Bucks really got out in transition on defense and made sure that Simmons wasn't going to beat them in that way. Same way with Embiid. Like, that's what you have to do with Giannis on every single play. And if you don't do it, he's going to score. Like he's, he's going to be at the rim in a second and you're going to try to figure out what the hell happened. And you're going to have no idea. Like it's just, it, it, it's mind boggling how good he has gotten in, in year six. Like it, it's just impossible to think that he is this good uh, at the game of basketball already. And, um, you know, I, I'm gonna I'll, I'll go with his defense as well. Five blocks, four of them on Embiid, and you know, like it, the the block that he had on Zaire Smith. Like Zaire Smith is a riser. Uh, he, he's a dude that that can throw it down, and Giannis just like no, that's not happening. The, then you have uh, the Embiid baseline drive in the in the start of the third quarter where Giannis blocks him and. It, Joel like falls on his back and I was like, Oh my God, did he just break his back? And and luckily he got like right back up immediately. But it was just like, you know, people don't do that to Joel. And yeah, like, that was incredible. He's, he's seven, he's seven feet tall. He's 200. God knows how many pounds. Like he is a monster. And Giannis just said, eh, you know, I don't think so. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna block this and like like you shouldn't be able to stop the momentum of a man that big and he just did and then obviously the the capper at the end but like 
I know I should talk about other things, but I can't. That was unbelievable. Like, that that was total, just, just will. And Giannis said, "We're winning that game." Like that. That was essentially, you know, like what he was saying with his players, just like we're not going to lose this game. And I mean, you mentioned uh, Simmons being a little bit passive uh, on the on the offensive end and it was just like it, at at some when Giannis threw that two-hander on him in the fourth quarter like I felt bad for him like I I felt legitimately bad for Ben Simmons because he had nothing for Giannis like Giannis <laughs> the, the, literally the first time Embiid was out He's he saw that Simmons was you know one of the bigger guys on the floor. He literally just dribbled down the left side. The Bucks cleared it out, and he just backed his ass down and put him under the rim. And Simmons just had to wrap him up, and he went to the line. And it was just like that's what it was going to be for as long as they did not get reinforcements for Ben Simmons. And uh, it, there was just that one where you know he throws it down with two. Simmons had gone flying. It was just like you know like. That's you know it's the the famous four syllables that that Giannis uttered uh, immediately after like effing baby like that's what it was like he, he just it, it I, I I'm I'm in awe like I, I watching that in person I I was totally in awe of of what Giannis did in that game so I'm sorry that I've totally derailed any talking points that were going in any other direction I just can't really talk or think about anything else yeah. I think you could make a case that this was um, the best game of Giannis's career, and also um, as part of that, the best shooting performance of Giannis's career. And I know mm-hmm. he's had better three-point shooting nights. I mean, he hits three out of seven tonight. So I mean, obviously you'll, you'll two have air to balls, make, two air balls. His first shot left wing is an air ball, not great. Uh, had another woefully short air ball in the second half, um, but. He hit that three right before the like right when Bledsoe gets ejected, um, which was obviously a dare shot, um, and I thought that was really critical. I think that was his first uh, that was his first made field goal. He had four free throws up until that point, and it's interesting because you look at his shot chart, and it is a very uncharacteristic shot chart. He was three out of seven from deep, three out of seven at the rim, and then seven out of eight on two point shots outside of the restricted area. He went uh, four out of five on basically non-restricted area paint shots and three out of three on other mid-range jump shots. And we saw, you know, turnaround jump shots. We saw face-up jump shots. Um, He just looked exceptionally confident. And, um, you know, he has not even, he has not looked for mid-range jump shots at all in the last couple months. I mean, he still obviously shot some, but that part of his game, he has really toned down. Like it's been refreshing. Like you don't see him take fadeaway jump shots out of the post anymore. He does not take that shot. We, he didn't shoot one tonight either. Really. He did take some kind of turnarounds in the paint. So it was kind of like that a little bit, but you know, we saw him, especially like last year, like he kind of added like the, like turnaround baseline fadeaway three, which is like, you know, the worst possible shot he can probably take from an expected value standpoint. And he's pretty much retired that like he shoots threes now and he just attacks the paint. And we've seen a lot more of those little hook shots from with both hands that I love so much. 
Um, and tonight we saw him extend out even a little bit further, which is really important, especially when you're being defended by, you know, a seven two Kaiju, uh, like Joel Embiid. <laughs> um, of course I'm referencing Pacific Rim. If anybody has seen those movies, I think we've talked about that before, but it really was like Kaiju versus Jaegers tonight with yeah. just Giannis and Embiid just going at each other. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's just it's just an incredible spectacle, and for Giannis to rise to the occasion, uh, you know, in a game that, you know, again, like it, it was not a must-win by any stretch, um, but it's it's a statement game. I mean, if the Sixers beat you, they feel better about themselves. You know, Embiid had been rested up after having kind of the knee tendonitis flare up again. Um, and, and again, I'll, I'll say it. I, I tweeted it out. I said it after the last game. I think Embiid can defend Giannis one-on-one probably about as well as anyone. Um, you know, he's going to concede open threes all the time because, you know, he can't guard Giannis kind of anywhere close to the perimeter and, and keep up with him attacking the rim. So I don't, I don't blame him. Um, this is the second game in a row against the Sixers where Giannis is at three threes. And, you know, he's going to have to probably be able to do that semi-consistently if teams play him like this, obviously, but, um, but, you know, look, and, and Bede played him respectably, but, you know, it, I mean, and B just looked beat up by, by the fourth quarter. I mean, he mm-hmm. takes 31 shots. Um, I mean, obviously 34 points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists, obviously, you know, great game, even if it wasn't a very efficient scoring night, but I thought the bucks, you know, Giannis helped out a lot on him giving Brooke support they kept Embiid from really getting to the restricted area. Kept him in the mid range. Kept him shooting threes. Um, he's three out of They nine. only bit on like one of his one pump fakes. Yeah. Like yeah. I was, and I think like, the, the it happened right early now. in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I thought they did a really nice job on Joel. And you know, Joel is as much as as much as his tool set can allow him to to bother Giannis. And you know, he got a one or two like plays where he kind of tied up Giannis and, or, or, you know, defended him, like locked him up pretty well. Um, it's just hard. I mean, it's just hard the way Giannis can pressure you in transition, man, it's hard, you know, for a guy of Embiid's size to try to hoof it up and down the court for four quarters. And they were trying to mirror, you know, Brett Brown was very blatantly trying to mirror Giannis's court time with Embiid. So we really didn't see a lot of time where Giannis was out there and Embiid wasn't, um, but, you know, I mean, stuff happens, and it seemed like whenever Giannis was able to get in transition, I mean, they had no choice but to foul him. <laughs> and um, it was just, you know, again, like, I mean, 52 points in the last game between these teams, 45 tonight. You know, I tweeted out against when Gobert and, and MB defended Giannis as the primary ball handlers this season. In those games, Giannis averaged 43 points per game the last three after the All-Star break, you know, the one Gobert game and the two Embiid games, he averaged 47 points per game on terrific efficiency, obviously. <laughs> and it's not like he's just like, I mean, well, Gobert, he just ran off the floor. I mean, Embiid, he's not just like, it's not like he's just like dunking and schooling Embiid. I think Embiid did a much better job than Gobert did. Um, but obviously, like, if you're just going to give him open threes and then he hits some, like, okay, like that, that's... That's that's a good starting point for Giannis having a monster night if he's hitting threes and then on top of that um, he's just going to work and and obviously with some of the injuries and especially Bledsoe um, you know not being available it uh, it was a b- bigger opportunity for uh, for Giannis to kind of obviously play a, a very focal role and 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we joke about how we don't always sort of appreciate Giannis, you know, on this podcast enough that we can kind of take him for granted. But this is not the night that uh, we will be accused of taking him for granted. And, um, you know, justifiably, he will be he'll be the talk of hopefully all the podcasts and morning shows on Friday and into the weekend. And obviously, you know, I'm, I don't know, like we've talked about, I'm, I'm not overly obsessed with, uh, with the MVP discussion, but um, it, it's pretty satisfying, you know, especially given that, that Harden is the kind of guy who has, you know, can have these sort of statement games because he it can be such an explosive score. I wouldn't put it past him to put 60 on somebody this weekend to try to win the MVP. Um, but for Giannis to do it, you know, on a TNT game against, uh, against a team like Philly and a comeback win, um, you know, missing, missing some people uh, that, uh, that that's just, you can't really ask for, for much more as a, as a Bucks fan in the regular season, at least. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you mentioned, you know, having given enough attention to Giannis and like, uh, I think the other thing that we have to make sure we give enough attention to is Wise. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. Wise, W-Y-Z-E, is packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for only $20. 1080p, full HD, images so clear you won't miss a thing, night vision, two-way audio. Wise's mission, mission is to bring amazing smart home products accessible to everyone. Check on your home anytime with Wise's app. Wise apps live stream connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus live stream with eight times digital zoom and a reminder free rolling 14 day cloud storage no subscriptions those are all very important things when you are trying to think about having a camera and you know being able to actually use it and make it worthwhile and uh you know it, I, I think you're going to want to make sure you had all the 1080, uh, all the 1080p on, on Giannis tonight and just how impressive he was. Uh, so if you had some wise cameras in the Wells Fargo Center, tonight would be a great night for that because, man, was he impressive. And, you know, you, if you want more, they have that too. For just $10 more, Wise Campan gives you 360 degree coverage in under three seconds. Life moves fast. Your camera should too. 110 degrees per second rotation speed, 360 degree horizontal range, and a 93 degree vertical range. Patrol your room with pan scan. Set the camera's patrol route with up to four custom waypoints track the action wise campaign automatically detects tags and tracks motion within its field of view keeping up with life in real time has never been so easy wise works with alexa as well and again free rolling 14 day cloud storage for all of the footage go to wise.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price again that's wise wyze.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price and by the, by the way, uh, I, by the way, um, I actually uh, bought I'm a wise to... camera the other day. I haven't gotten it yet, but I bought it because uh, I travel a lot, and we have like a we have a baby monitor um, mm-hmm. that we use at our house. But it's just like you know, you can only obviously use it kind of within the house. Um, so I I kind of and, yeah. and I don't know if I, I feel like it's not stockery when you're talking about a 14 month old that you want to be able to see your your 14 month old. I don't think that's that's mm-hmm. too, <laughs> that's too weird. So uh, so I bought a thing no, like yeah, no. I'd like to put it in my daughter's room and. Um, you know, I can occasionally uh, check in and just watch her 
launcher. Oh. I think it'll work. I, I'm excited. I'm excited for you to be able to use this product. I think, it's and it has really good reviews because that's the first thing I did was like, oh, okay, new sponsor. That's cool. But let's see if it's actually you know a good product and it's actually um, like really well rated. So shout out to Wise. Uh, looking forward to uh, having it uh, be able to connect a little bit more to my my daughter when I'm traveling. WYZE.com slash locked for the guaranteed lowest prices. All right. I want to try to wrap this thing up, but uh, I I guess just some things I'm I'm kind of thinking through. And I thought DJ Wilson was was really solid tonight. for him, eleven points, three of five field, uh, three of five from the field, one of two from the three point line, four of six uh, from the free throw line, six rebounds, two assists, a steal. Um, I, like it wasn't like super noteworthy, and you know sometimes when he's in a game with Embiid, like it can be a little bit of a struggle because he's just like not not big enough for that. But you know, I thought in the minutes that he was there, yeah, I thought he was he was good tonight. Um, Wish I could say the same for Ursan. He did not look awesome, but he does like frustrate Embiid in some ways. Like he doesn't really stop Embiid, uh, but like he frustrates him in some very Ursani type ways. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was good. But I, I mean, when you look yeah. at the bench, like just George Hill, man. Like that. I, I I don't know if. I don't know if it's possible to have this George Hill, this version of George Hill, uh, still be playing and still be this person when Malcolm Brogdon comes back and, and the Bucks are a little bit more healthy. But if it is possible, I mean, it, that that is just huge for this team that, uh, you know, you can have a guy that, uh, you know, I, I keep calling him aggressive George Hill, um, but as he makes clear to us all the time after the game bitches about it all the time to George Hill and tells him like, you have to be aggressive. You have to look for your shot. Uh, And George Hill readily admits that he does all the time tell him that he has to do this. But you know, if, if the Brogdon injury ultimately, um, you know, unlocks the, the aggressive George Hill that could, could really be helpful for these second units and, you know, maybe possibly close some games like, I'm not going to say it was a great thing because obviously injuries are bad and you want Malcolm Brogdon to be at, um, you know, at a hundred percent and not have any injuries going into the playoffs. But, you know, like it is to me in some ways, like a, a pretty nice silver lining for this team. Like if, if it does actually mean that, uh, you know, George Hill comes back around and is aggressive and um, you know, someone that is, doing more than, you know, just making the right pass and hitting the occasional catch and shoot three. Like, you know, I, I think that's really, really important for this team. Like if all of a sudden uh, you have uh, Giannis as your primary creator and then you have Chris and Bledsoe um, and then, you know, you're able to have another guy in George Hill that can, that can, you know, create off the bounce a little bit. And then you get Malcolm Brogdon back in the second round. Like you're talking about a a really deep team that at all times can have someone that, you know, can do something with the basketball on the floor. And and that's not always the case for, for teams, even in the playoffs when you go with the shorter rotation. Yeah. I mean, to turn Delvadova and Henson into George Hill, and obviously they had to, to give up a pretty heavily protected first round pick to do that. But, um, you know, this is this is why I think this season is is really important because, I mean, 
you're, you're probably not going to be able to keep George Hill this summer, right? I mean, the way the, the kind of cap flexibility is looking, it's going to be really hard to keep a guy like George Hill. Um, he's probably, you know, he, he'll be all but assured to be bought out with uh, the 19 million he's technically owed next year, 1 million guaranteed. So um, they could resign him after they buy him out for a million bucks. But, um, you know, you, you good chance you're not going to have the luxury of George Hill next year. And so, um, you know, he's kind of one of those subtle reasons why, this is, you know, do not underestimate how talented this team is and do not underestimate how hard it is to kind of keep the same level of talent year after year, um, given that, you know, cheap guys who play well tend to get paid. And, well, he's not cheap right now, um, but some of these other guys are, and, you know, you're going to have to try to keep all these guys. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Hill obviously could be huge, and especially with, with the Brogdon injury, as you said, um, being able to throw him into the mix, you know, given what he can do defensively and offensively um, is uh, it's, it's definitely, as you said, it's a silver lining. Interesting with Sterling Brown. I mean, he, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, I mean, he scores the 27 against Atlanta. Um, I mean, not like it's just from that game, but he looks like a guy who just looks way more confident doing stuff off the dribble, trying to actually attack and not just be like, you know, the guy in the corner shooting, threes when he's open like Mm -hmm. i i think there's going to be some um some growing pains i think with that you know um you know he's probably going to have games where he tries to do stuff especially attacking the basket again you know when like rim pretty you know joel Embiid's back there yeah that's going to be tough dude (laughs) you know Jalen brown you (laughs) ain't Giannis. so um so he's probably going to have some games where maybe he's going to be less efficient but i think it'll be an interesting thing to watch you know with that confidence can he channel that in the right ways um and as far as Wilson goes, um, th- that kind of reminded me, I, you know, Hill's run late in the game kind of was, you know, really the, the, the turning point there in the last few minutes when the Bucks make their run. Giannis was, for a large, large part, distributing um, and playing his great defense. But there was a play, I think it was in the, like, just under the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter. The Bucks uh, were down, I believe it was 94-88. Uh, bad pass, Zaire Smith, who, as you said, you know, is an athlete. Um, he's obviously missed much mm-hmm. of the year with an injury. Very strange, like allergic reaction that like he lost a bunch of weight. Very strange. I can't say I've ever heard of a situation like Zaire Smith did, but thankfully he's, he's you know seemingly healthy now, probably maybe a little underweight, maybe not as strong as, as he'd like to be. And um, he gets a breakaway and you're thinking, oh, showtime. And somehow he blew a tire, mistimed his steps. I don't know but he ends up mistiming his jump, doesn't dunk it, kind of gets caught in between, lays it back iron, misses a layup that could have made it 96-88, and like four seconds later, the Bucks go the other way. DJ Wilson hits an open three, make it 94-91. And again, it's not like the Bucks then went on like a big run and, you know, took over the game. Um, you know, they were, they were still kind of <laughs> feeling like they were in quicksand for a while because it seemed like the Sixers just always made a three or MB made a mid range jumper every time they cut into the lead a little bit. Um, but you know, when you think about like little plays, little sequences that, you know, if it goes, if it goes the way you would expect uh, a guy, you know, a, a great athlete makes a, a breakaway layup instead of missing it. Um, who knows? Maybe the whole game is a different outcome. Um, so I, it, it's just, I mean, it's, that's the game of basketball, right? Little, little things make such a huge difference. And um, it felt like for so long in this game, that the Bucks just shots just were not dropping, you know, guy like, you know, 
Middleton in the middle quarters, like man, just shots off the backboard, just bouncing around and not going down. Um, you know, just, just nothing just seeming to go their way other than Giannis just being incredible. And, you know, Brooke Lopez didn't have a point at halftime. Um, but then they kind of slowly started getting things together. And, you know, you look at the numbers, 46 points in that fourth quarter outscore Philly by 10 points. Um, you know, a lot of times teams have like big first quarters, tough to drop 46 on a team that has Joel protecting the rim in the fourth quarter. That is, that is not easy. And, um, I don't know. It, it's interesting with Joel, with MB, you know, he's talked about how his conditioning was not where it needed to be in the playoffs last year. Maybe not surprising given he was coming off an injury that cost him the end of the regular season this year. I think he's feels like he's a lot better. He's has played a lot of minutes this year. Um, but again, it's it's a unique toll to have to have to run up and down the court trying to keep up with Giannis and trying to uh, slow him down. And um, it seemed like he took some knocks tonight that uh, that he'll feel, be feeling in the morning. And and so uh, yeah, um, fun fun game. And we've seen Giannis we've seen Giannis have some incredible games, including that last Sixer game, and the Bucks lose. Um, so it was uh, doubly rewarding to see him just have an incredible performance and, and obviously for it to pay off with uh, with a victory. And no turnovers. No turnovers. How about that? And you mentioned the other day you Bledsoe had that 4 by 5 game, and you asked, you know, had Giannis, had Giannis had one yet? And he, he had not had a five-block game this year or a five-steal game. So this was his first 4 by 5 uh, game of the season as well. So, um yeah, just just an epic performance by uh, a player that we will never see a player like this again. You know, everybody, you're listening to this podcast, which means you are a hardcore Bucks fan and you are appreciating what is happening on the court. <laughs> you know, these everybody who's not paying attention to the Bucks who might remotely like basketball in the city, you know city of Milwaukee, state of Wisconsin, get it together, man! <laughs> like this this team right now, this player, mm-hmm. uh, it is something else, and you just you know, you want to bottle it and, and you hope that this just keeps going on for, you know, the next decade. Um, but enjoy the ride. You never know. You never know how, how long this stuff lasts. Uh, and this, this player, this team is something special. And, um, you know, hopefully the, the journey for this season with playoffs coming up is just beginning, but, uh, that, that is no reason not to enjoy, uh, just a, an incredible performance tonight. The Bucks magic number is zero. They have clinched home court advantage throughout the playoffs with their 128-122 win over the Philadelphia 76 The Bucks are the best team in the league, Eric. It's official. It's it's I mean, officially official. I, God. It's wild. Oh, wow. It is wild it is stuff. Wild. Almost as wild as Giannis Dedekumo scoring 45 points on 22 shots. Uh, 16 of 21 from the free throw line. 3 of 7 from the three-point line. 13 rebounds. 6 assists. 5 blocks. No turnovers. And just dominating that game. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Almost as unbelievable as the deals you can find at Wise. WYZE.com slash locked. Again, Wise is the indoor camera that does it all, and you can get the guaranteed lowest prices at WYZE.com slash locked. For Frank Men, I'm Eric Mame. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you guys next week.